Hello gamers, your ears are in the right place. You're listening to I Never Cast for this episode one. And we are a podcast dedicated to bringing forth discussions on controversial gaming topics and hopefully putting them to rest. Uh, we'll be talking about a lot of different types of microtransactions today and whether or not they are good or bad for gaming or maybe a bit of both. But we will have that discussion a little later. But before I get to that, let me introduce our guest today or my co-host, uh, Trailard. Say hello, Trailard. Hello, people. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay. A bit tired on it. I got a puppy last week, so uh, uh, yeah, we're basically uh, it's a bit like a newborn gets up every few hours, needs to go out, just the usual stuff. <laughs> Sounds about right. Sounds about right. So, is this uh, you only have one pet in the house? Yes, uh, the last one we had, we had to get him put to sleep last February, so. Uh, yeah, we uh, just got a new one there last Thursday, so eight weeks old. Eight weeks old, yes. Yeah, so that's definitely a handful. Probably doesn't leave you a lot of time for, for gaming, I would assume. Uh, well, it does when she's sleeping. It's just that doesn't happen all the time. How long? Uh, I think you were saying to me, uh, off-cast, she sleeps 18 hours a day. Is that right? A daddy of jets uh, can sleep up to 18 hours a day, and the rest of the time they're either going to the bathroom, eating, or playing. <laughs> oh my, that sounds certainly sounds, sounds like, like a good life, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound like a good life, yeah. yeah. If I could sleep 18 hours a day, that'd be pretty awesome, too. But then that would not leave enough time for gaming, so maybe not. But uh, yeah, let's, um, without further ado, let's just get into the gaming news. Starting off, there's something, some news about, which isn't really, doesn't really have anything to do with gaming per se, but MS Paint, Microsoft Paint. What's going to go with that uh, trailer? Well, basically, uh, MS Paint uh, has been a part of Windows ever since Windows began, back with Windows 1.0, uh, way back in 1985, uh, with the creators update. Uh, Microsoft is planning to completely just remove it uh, don't, and not offer any support whatsoever for past versions. Uh, from what I could tell, they're not going to uh, put a replacement in to replace it. It's got some people up in arms just simply because it was a quick and easy tool to, you know what I mean, edit pictures, whether it's to create memes or, or whatnot uh, on the cheap without having to pay for stuff like Photoshop. So the fact that they're actually removing these, uh, this program is it's pretty big news as far as uh, the history of uh, Windows goes. Yeah, wasn't Microsoft's argument because they already have some kind of paint program with Windows Ten, like they already have a similar program already? Well, they still have Paint in there, and I know that because I use it. If they do have another one, I haven't seen it. Um, and as far as I'm aware, they haven't really advertised it. Yeah, like I, I think it's a lot more advanced than the regular paint was, and I think that's the issue because, like you, like you were saying, like the simplicity of the first one, where you just want to make a quick picture, or a quick meme, or something. Was, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's been around since 1985. <laughs> that's that's a very long time, and I used it when I was a kid, and I'm sure you used it when you first started using computers in the 80s too. Oh yeah, uh, but yeah, so it's did they sort? Did they have a reason for it? Like what's what's the main? Why are they Just doing this? Because that's Microsoft. It's uh, they're looking to streamline the whole thing, and that means removing dead weight. But as I said, it's it's a weird choice to for something to remove uh, because a lot of people do still use it. 
Yeah. I still use it on occasion to, you know, I mean, add pictures or whatever, uh, to, to crop uh, pictures. But yeah, so it's it's just bizarre to me. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like if I'm making a, a YouTube thumbnail or something, that's that's the first way I do it. So I'll have to figure out a new way to do that. Uh, anything else with that? No, that pretty much covers that. Just the surprise of it. Yeah. Like, it's the big, the big yeah. thing. Caught me. I'm sure caught a lot of people off guard for sure. So there's been a bit of a d- disaster in regards to uh, events, <laughs> uh, most specifically in Chicago. Uh, I when when was it? A few days. I don't remember the exact date. I think it was only a few days ago. The Pokemon Go event, Pokemon Go Fest in Chicago. Uh, this was an event organized by Niantic, the creators of Pokemon Go, and uh, it was basically this big event to bring all different types of people together who play Pokemon Go, and you can capture Pokemon together. There was cooperative challenges. Uh, at the end, it was going to unlock a new legendary Pokemon. I think it was based on whichever team. It was Mystic or uh, whatever the other two were called, Valor and. I can't even, instinct and I can't remember them all, but it, it was designed that whoever won the competition would unlock a certain legendary Pokemon. Anyways, so that was being live streamed all over social media and different areas, but many people were getting very upset, <laughs> and because of that, uh, the whole event kind of went off the rails. People were getting upset because they could not log on, and similar to when. Pokemon Go first came out like it was a huge sensation everyone was super hyped about it when it did first come out there was a huge number of login issues no one uh, just trying to catch a Pokemon would freeze your game even just trying to log in in general would freeze your game Uh, it was just terrible anyways it was almost like a flashback like this event was made to celebrate one year of the game and it's almost in a ironically it reminded people of the game when it first came out too (laughs) because no one could play it so there was a lot of very upset people. Uh, the Niantic CEO came on stage and people were booing him as he came on stage. And he was just trying to make some jokes, being like, oh, well, the sun's out today. And everyone started yelling and cursing and swearing at him. Like, it, it was a pretty cringeworthy sight. And, and people were yelling, fix the game. And, oh, it, was, it was just watching. If you watch, Google some videos, it's, it's pretty, pretty cringeworthy for sure. For example, there was a challenge mode, and a woman on stage was telling people to catch the remaining Pokemon. Uh, just whoever catches the remaining Pokemon is going to win this little event. And someone yelled, we effing can't! <laughs> so it's pretty hilarious. So yeah, the presenters are trying to remain not be for the whole event, but people were obviously very upset. People, There was a chant going out saying, we can't play. We can't play. Yeah. So anyway, Niantic did eventually uh, decide to refund tickets for the event, because a lot of people flew all over the country to get to that event. And so they at least refunded the tickets for that, and they gave the uh, users $100 in Poke Coins, which is nice, nice bit of change there, so you can get a bunch of Pokeballs for that. But yeah, not the best uh, first anniversary for, uh, for Niantic. Have you played Pokemon Go at all, Trailer? Uh, I played it briefly whenever it was first released, but it, I don't know, it was one of those things that uh, I played it for about a week and then just got bored with it. Although, if I'd paid money to go to a convention uh, that was very specific uh, in its niche, that this uh, convention actually was, I would be I'd be pissed as well, to be honest. <laughs> uh, because, I mean, a lot of those people, uh, because they came from all over the country, they would have uh, booked hotels and uh, arranged, made other arrangements. So, what, 
even though they're getting the money back for the tickets, uh, they're going to lose out on pretty much everything else, right? No. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just, it's pretty much un- inexcusable. I mean, they should have expected that they should, they, like, they should have allowed enough bandwidth for this, contacted ISPs beforehand and, and make sure everything was up and running to, like, stress test. I don't mean, maybe, obviously there's a lot more to it than they probably they even realized, but yeah, in my opinion, it's kind of inexcusable. Yeah. Yeah. What this reminds me of the uh, remember when Halo Master Chief Collection came out on the uh, oh Xbox yeah one? that was the yeah, combination actually, of Halos yeah. one to four yeah I also remember what the online was like as well oh man I was so okay I bought the game I came home I uh, well sorry before I, I bought the game then I went to Wendy's and got it like a huge baconator for myself large fries large Coke a huge bag I was so pumped to play the game all day and all night came home couldn't get online. And I was, and, the, and Microsoft had this huge event on Twitch and everything, like the launch event for Master Chief Collection, and like no one could play anything. It was very, it's very similar situation where everyone's paying money to play this game, and it was just not happening. <laughs> so, not good enough in my opinion, for sure. But uh, we'll move on from that. Uh, we have some news about Dying Light. What's uh, what's happening with that? Yeah, um, anybody who owns Dying Light is now over the next twelve months. Uh, the creators are, or the developers for Dying Light are going to uh, produce 10 new pieces of DLC and they're going to be completely free. Uh, the reason behind this is just simply because uh, even though the game was released three years ago, uh, they still have at least 500,000 people a week playing it. So to celebrate that, um, just free of charge, you're going to get some free DLC. As far as I know, the at least one of those is going to be new enemies, so I'm not too sure just how big they're going to they're going to make uh, these. But uh, that's a pretty good start. If that was indeed the, the the very first one that they're going to release, what what company makes this game? Any idea? Uh, now you put me on the spot. Uh, <laughs> I know it, it's it's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, no, right. But either way, good on them. I mean, that's like it's not very often you see companies release a. F- a ton of DLC for free. Like, I mean, it's pretty, you say the game's been out for three years, about three it's years been out for three years. Uh, and I've, I've played it. I've got the, the season pass. So I've got the pad DLC in there. Yeah. So, I mean, so they do still yeah, have paid DLC. Oh yeah. And it's, it's still being played so much that the devs, uh, decided to just give away stuff for free. Uh, the, the developing company on the publisher is Techland. Techland. Okay. That's the one. I don't know if they've made, I haven't heard of anything else they've made. Are they, are they an indie company? Indie indie studio? Uh, they've actually come out with a few things like uh, Call of Juarez Gunslinger uh, and the oh. Call of Juarez uh, series. Oh, uh, they also did Dead Island. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. Uh, I have said that Dying Light uh, is the game that Dead Island should have been. Oh, okay. Yeah, I played so. a bit of Dead Island and I wasn't that impressed with it. Yeah, it's not a bad game. It's zombie. just it's clunky. I think is the best word for yeah. it. Could have used a bit more polish. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, that's awesome. Any anytime a company releases is any anytime a company does something that is very pro consumer like that, it's very welcoming in the community for sure. Anything else about Dying Light? No, that's pretty much it. Uh, just uh, just that little tidbit about uh, free stuff for people who already own the game. Yeah. Cool. So if you see it for sale somewhere or on sale, you'll be able to uh, get a bit of extra value out of it. Cool. 
Um, for Microsoft fans, or specifically Xbox fans, that are looking to purchase an Xbox One X, pre-orders are going to be opening uh, fairly soon, according to uh, Phil Spencer. He said the pre-orders will be opening in the near future, but they don't have a date specifically yet. I, myself, am likely going to be getting an Xbox One X. I need, I need a new Xbox anyway. I'm a big Xbox fan. However, my Xbox no longer reads discs. <laughs> so, to me, I definitely need to get a new Xbox. I'm just trying to decide if I want to get this an Xbox One S or an Xbox One X. Probably the X, just to kind of future-proof it and eventually get a 4K TV eventually and all that, and I'll be good to go. How about you, Trailer? Are you getting an Xbox One X? or You have an Xbox, correct? Oh, yeah, I've got an Xbox One. Um, honestly, as of now, probably not uh, in the immediate future, but it's definitely something that I would look into uh, probably within the next uh, year or so. It would be something that I would probably upgrade to. I, I just want to see where pretty much everything's going to be. Um, is Microsoft going to continue their upgrades like this, or are they coming out with something completely new within the next couple of years so i'll be keeping my ears to the to the grind on that one yeah i think that's on everyone's mind like are they going to come out with a brand new console for the for the sony side or microsoft thing side or are they just going to slowly keep steady upgrade like i don't know that's that's a whole other discussion i guess but i I guess you can argue that it's a good thing that they're keeping everything backwards compatible they're even going way back to the original xbox now adding compatibility with the original xbox games and 360 and xbox one and now xbox one x so I think I don't yeah. think that's necessarily a bad thing. No, um, like I mean, they've definitely got a good business strategy as it is right now. But I just want to see where where they plan on taking it, right? For a commit, yeah, it's a good plan for sure. All right, well, I think we're about ready to get into the topic of the week. So, in episode zero, we discussed backlogs and how to tackle them, which we went into in very in-depth, and we had a pretty good conversation about that. And uh, But that topic wasn't that controversial or anything. It was just an overall good gaming topic to get the, the ball rolling. But today we're going to talk about something a lot more controversial, I should say. And uh, we're going to talk about microtransactions. And are they good or bad? Or are they simply just bad? Or can they be a bit of good and a bit of bad? That's what we're going to discuss today. So uh, I'm assuming all listeners now know what a microtransaction is, but Trailard, what is what's a simple, bare bones term? What what exactly are microtransactions in video games? Well, basically, they're small chunks of the game that you can buy uh, from within the game itself, whether it be for direct cash or uh, with the game's own currency, and these can stretch from anywhere from. Uh, plainly cosmetic to things that can severely alter the way the game is played. Uh, if it's a multiplayer game, it can potentially uh, destroy whatever community that they have if uh, these transactions aren't in place from the get-go. So people know ahead of time uh, what to expect. Right. And yeah, if and I, I think that's kind of what we're going to be discussing today. Like, there are different kinds of microtransactions. Like if you're spending money in a game and you're getting something, you, I don't know if it's good that if you can get something that will alter gameplay or if it's better just to have something that can make you look cool. And yeah, so I guess we can talk about cosmetic ones first just to get the ball rolling, I guess. So when we're talking about cosmetic 
microtransactions. Think of a game like Overwatch, which is taking the world by storm. It's a huge game, and there's, I don't know, 20 characters or something like that. I don't remember how many there are. But each of them has their own skins, and you can have your own different skins per character. And the way to get more skins is by opening loot boxes. And you get loot boxes by leveling up. So after every match, you get a certain amount of experience based on how well you did and if you won the match and all that kind of stuff. But if, after you get 20,000 experience points, you level up, you get a loot box. And you're given skins or voice lines or spray paint that you can spray on walls and stuff like that. So it's all cool stuff, but none of this stuff actually alters the game. It just makes you look cool. And you can choose how you want to look. Um, do you think these are bad for gaming, necessarily? No. Um, pretty much if someone wants to look good, then... Uh, yeah, I mean, that's completely up to them. Me, personally, I don't tend to go into um, cosmetics unless it's something that I think looks absolutely cool. And even then, yeah, I mean, it's, I think I might have done it once for one game. And... It was for, like, one item. But inherently, it's not bad. Where it starts to get bad is if there's no other way to gain those items. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, in in WoW, for example, uh, basically they have uh, flying mounts, things that you can actually spawn and you can fly around on them. Right. Now, a lot of those are available in-game. But there are also a number of them that, again, the mounts all travel the same speed. Uh, the only difference is cosmetics on their uh, Blizzard is selling certain one or certain mounts for like I think it's what fifteen bucks or twenty bucks or something like that. There's no way to gain these from within the game itself, so that is unfair to someone who. Because they can never have the chance to gain those things mm-hmm. uh, by simply playing the game. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. There's, which is really frustrating because there are a few mounts that look really cool, and I'll be going around the world, just going around from a certain certain area, and I'll see someone on a really cool mount. And I'm like, oh man, how do you get that? I'll Google the mount and find out. Oh, you can pay twenty bucks and get this on the Blizzard store. I'm like, oh, really? Like, so I find Blizzard almost puts a bit of extra effort into those mounts to make them look really, really cool, and they just to get you to buy them, which, in my opinion, is really frustrating. <laughs> it is, and especially because it is an MMO that, uh, well, you're paying 15 bucks a month anyway. Yeah. So that's above and beyond what you're actually paying to, to have the privilege of playing the game. Yeah, exactly. If it was a free-to-play MMO, then maybe we could kind of see it from their side or, or argue it the other way. But I think that we're already we already paid for the base game plus the expansions, uh, and then fifteen bucks a month, like you said. So having that added in is a bit, bit much. I think. Yes. Yeah. I would agree, I would agree with that. Um, if it was, on, I would say that if it was free to play, then I don't see an issue with that because, of course, if it's a free to play MMO, uh, you're not charged for anything. But uh, they, of course, need to ma- to have some income. Uh, to, to keep the servers active right. and to allow people to actually continue to play the game for free. Uh, so whenever you're actually... Uh, the way that I feel about that personally is if it's in a free-to-play game, what you're actually doing is just generally just making a donation, but you're getting something back in return for that donation. Yeah, 
which I think is honest. I, I think that's reasonable personally. Yeah. It's, yeah. They're supporting the developer, giving them a bit of extra money and you're getting something in return. So there's nothing wrong with that. And in, in, in my opinion and yours, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So lots of games have these cosmetic items. Like in wow, you said the mounts you can buy uh, skins in overwatch, but the issue I have with it that I wanted to make note of is in overwatch, for example, you could pay. I don't. I don't remember how much each loot box is. I think it's like one or like two dollars, like dollar ninety nine per loot box or something like that. So you can go out and buy fifty loot boxes, and these loot boxes will give you a ton of skins. You'll probably get a ton of legendary skins, epic skins. But does that take the fun out of the game? Do you think? Because like for for me, I like grinding in the game and be like, oh, I just need to play a few more games, then I'll hit the next level and I'll get a new loot box. I can't wait to open the loot box. It's going to be awesome. And I might get something really cool. But if I buy like 50 up front with my own money, it almost takes away the fun of the game. Then it's just like, oh, I'm now I'm just playing the game and I'm not really grinding for anything else. Like, do you have any opinion on that? Uh, I understand your, uh, where you're coming from on it. Uh, but for me, it depends on what type of grind it is. If it's long, it's tedious. Then, And if it's not extortionate, then really I don't see too much of a problem with it um whenever you're buying kits uh, crates and keys it is a form of gambling as well so some people might have issues with that but i'm firmly of the opinion that uh, that's not the developer's problem that's very much uh you know what i mean self-control issue mm-hmm. you know what i mean people taking personal responsibility for the things that that they're actually doing online up to and including you know what i mean ban these items that are uh that are virtual items they're not real uh, in the sense that you can actually touch them. Yeah, so not real in a tangible sense. So, I mean, if someone can afford them, honestly, and for for that particular case, I don't really have an issue with it. Um, everybody plays differently. Uh, and, if it all, and if all it is is just to get something that makes your character look better, uh, that's not going to help the that character play better. That's all down to the player themselves. Right. I, I do like the point you made about about gambling because uh, you're right. It does come down to, to the person because some people have very addictive personalities and some don't at all. But uh, I remember that Blizzard, or I think there, it was a Chinese law. Do you remember reading about this like a few weeks back? It was, uh, I think China came out with a law that any, vir- any game with virtual chance, per se, where you pay money to get a virtual item... They have to release the percentages of of chance in order to get certain rarity of items. Do you remember that? Yep, um, and that one that one affected uh, Blizzard directly. Uh, so I think they talked about the the loot box chance in Overwatch specifically about what the chances to get a legendary skin and stuff. Just so you know, in in how many yeah. loot boxes you would have to, loot boxes you'd have to open in order to obtain one of these rare skins. Yeah. Uh, Which I think is a good idea. I think they should. It is that. a good idea because it means that people know ahead of time just what to expect going in. I mean, if something has a one percent chance to drop, yeah, that then uh, your, your decision to purchase. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they're looking for something that's extremely, extremely rare that they can grind for in the game, or they can spend potentially hundreds, thousands of dollars, yeah. uh, that's a choice and. If they want it and they can grind for it, yeah, I don't see an issue with uh, with those with crates and keys uh, 
in a sense of that because it comes down to what the person themselves want to do. Yeah, that's a good point too. I was going to say that too, that I think for strictly just talking about cosmetic ones that we're talking about now, cosmetic crates and and keys, like you were saying, I think it is okay and it's not necessarily bad for gaming as long as it doesn't affect gameplay and it's all up to the player themselves. Yeah, so we'll, we'll agree on that for sure. Yeah. Um, there's some other types of microtransactions that do affect gameplay, as we both know very well. Uh, for example, a game like Hearthstone, another game made by Blizzard. So while Overwatch, you can pay money to get cosmetic stuff, Hearthstone, you don't get cosmetic cards or anything. I don't believe you do, but they give you uh, directly. Just, uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, just explain quite quickly what uh, Hearthstone actually is, just in case any of our viewers don't. Oh, sorry. Hearthstone yeah. is a card game that is on PC, and you can actually play it on tablet as well, and phones. Uh, it's a card game very similar to Magic the Gathering, if anyone is familiar with that. It's just a card game where you make your own decks uh, with virtual cards, and you go up against other players online and try and rank up and build your own decks. It's basically the, the simple gist of it, I guess. Anything anything I'm missing with that? No, you said it far better than I could. That's why I got you to do it. <laughs> okay. So yeah, it's it's just a competitive card game that some people play very casually, such as myself, and other people almost exclusively play and they don't play anything else. And but the argument I have against this game, can you be a competitive player if you're playing for free? So Hearthstone is a free game, free to play game. And like many free-to-play games, they do include microtransactions. But in this one, it's it specifically impacts gameplay in the sense that you can pay money to buy booster packs in Hearthstone, each containing five cards. And you can use these cards to build your decks. And you use these decks to face other players. So if you spend $100 and buy a ton of booster packs and you face people online that are start beginning rank... Chances are you're going to crush them if never, they've never bought a pack in their lives and they're just using the starter cards that you've, you're given, right? So in a game like this, can you possibly be a competitive player if you don't spend a dime? If you're just grinding through the game, leveling up, getting a pack every hour or two when you rather than spending 100 bucks and getting like 100 packs or whatever the conversion is. Do you think you can be competitive if you don't spend any money? At this point in the game, no. I know that... Uh it's it, it's set up in such a way now that they've released so many cards that every once in a while they do do deals on them, but that's still tempting to a lot of people to up you know what I mean to get ten decks for like five bucks or whatever it is that they're doing yeah. for the people who are just starting. Then they're they're having to play a catch up because of course their decks are going to be uh, far far weaker than someone who has been playing for a while or someone who has uh, doled out the money to build up these mod decks. So mm-hmm. in that sense, yeah, I I don't agree with the practice the way it's done, but it is free to play a game. So at the end of it, there's really we really can't complain too much, but. So long as there are competitive players and actually players, you know, I mean, like uh, competitions and things like that. Yeah. Then the only people who are going to be 
able to play in those competitions effectively are going to be those players who have uh, purchased yeah. uh, those cards. Yeah, exactly. And uh, as Tactic Ops alluded to in the chat, and side note, uh, for those listening on uh, podcast platforms on the audio version, we do broadcast live on twitch.tv slash I never cast for this Mondays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. So if you want to be part of the conversation, you can join us here then. Uh, but Tactic Ops just said that using microtransactions in a game like this gives advantage uh, to those over those that play just for free. And, which is true. If you're, if you're going to spend money, then you do have the advantage. But is that good for gaming in general? Like, if you were to buy a game back in the, in the late 90s for Nintendo 64, you get a full package game. Like I talked about uh, before, Banjo-Kazooie. I love that game. It's just a full packaged game. That's it. And you have the whole game and you're, you're done with it. And you don't have to pay an extra cent for it. But is, is it a bad practice to introduce a free game or even a game that maybe you do pay like twenty or thirty dollars for, but then they add these pay-to-win aspects to it. Like, is this good for gaming, or is is it ruining gaming? It definitely has its uh, good points and its bad points. The bad points are those that uh, basically game the deck against, if to coin a phrase. To um, against people who don't spend the money, who are playing the free version of the game. The problem with uh, free-to-play is uh, both people who haven't spent a penny and people who have spent a lot play on the, on exactly the same servers. So it's mm-hmm. it's what it's going to come down to is the ratio of just how much of a just how much of an advantage are people who spend money on these things yeah. have over the people who are just starting out in the game don't have a clue about it because that can that can easily destroy you know what I mean any new incoming players yeah the tech one look at it and go well I'm losing all the time so why should I play this it's not fun yeah and that's a good point too because it's not friend like you said it's not at all friendly to new players because the amount of cards in the game is crazy and Hearthstone releases a new expansion pack every 3 or 4 months i think it's 4 months and yeah. so you can't possibly play like, the amount of time you'd have to play. You'd probably have to pl- p- play like over 24 hours a day, which obviously is not possible. You'd have to play so much to grind that many packs. And then by the time you might even get all the cards, a new expansion would be out. Now, I could I could be wrong. I don't play Hearthstone a lot. So people could ob- probably argue with me against that. But the, the point is the amount of time it would take to actually unlock these cards just by playing is is next to impossible i'm thinking so like it it really isn't good for new players in in that sense but i know they do have a a mode in hearthstone where they only in competitive play i think they only have the most two or three recent expansions all the other ones are or are not used at all which which is good so then it kind of puts them out of use and then you but then in, in in the other way you look at it then you have to buy the new cards in order to play competitively yeah, <laughs> and the new sets like are like fifty or sixty bucks every time. So is the game really free to play? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> and that brings us to our other discussion about games where you pay for stuff that's pay to win in in a game like a lot of sports games like NHL and FIFA have these uh, something called Ultimate Team, and you can pay to buy cards, booster packs. And each of these cards is a player. 
and a player you can put on your team. And you can pay tons and tons of money to get all the best players on your team. And if you have all the best players on your team, chances are, not guaranteed, because chances are you're going to be better than the person you're playing if they've never spent a cent. So that brings it more to the pay to win. But also the fact that uh, FIFA 14 specifically is going to be shutting down soon. So EA, was EA announced that uh, trailer? Yeah, yeah, EA announced it uh, on October 18th. That's going down. So that also leads into the whole point of the people who have paid for cards are going to lose access to pretty much what they've spent their money on uh, in purchasing these cards. So after October 18th, it's going to be completely useless. Uh, So just how far, I mean, like what responsibility do publishers and developers have to to their fans who are pumping, I would think, millions at least into a game uh, just to buy these different things uh, and then shut them down? Yeah. Uh, and by millions, I, I don't mean individually. I'm just overall, uh, it's big business. But yeah, so where does the line, or where is the line between what the fans can expect and the, what the publishers, uh, do, you know what I mean, do? Is there any, uh, is there a way to, or to compensate the people who have spent all this money? Or, you know what I mean, maybe with a future game? In the in the title, you know what I mean. Uh, maybe in FIFA 17 or FIFA 18, whatever it is they're up to now, a way to uh, give them a little something in that game. I think in those games, I could. I, I know they did this for NHL because I used to play a lot. I used to stream a lot of NHL back in the day. But I know when the next game came out, if you played a significant amount of Ultimate Team in the previous game, like in NHL 14, for example, in NHL 15, you had been giving given uh, a bit of a boost to start you ahead just because you were a previous player. Now, the boost you would get is like is, is very small. Like, it's not very much. Like, the amount I, of money, or not money, really, but the amount of time I sunk into Ultimate Team, 14, for example, didn't really carry over much to 15. Not Like, not significantly at all. But I, I think that also comes at your own risk. I mean, hopefully, unless you're like a seven-year-old kid who doesn't know anything about this kind of stuff, you're just like, ooh, free cards, I want to get more, like stuff like that, then yes, that could be an issue. But I think like if you are someone who has access to a credit card and you yeah, and it is actually your credit card, then uh, yes, you, you, I, w- I would assume that you know what you're paying for. You realize like if you're spending a ton of money in NHL 17 this year, then you know, hopefully that you're not going to get access to those players next year. And maybe there are people that don't know that. Maybe they think it does continue year after year after year. But I guess that would be something that they hopefully look into before they make the big purchase. Yeah, before finding out the hardware that it doesn't work like that. Yeah. And uh, sticking to the pay-to-win aspect, there's a lot of mobile games that also have this practice as well. Are there any mobile games you can think of top of your head? might have this? Uh, well, the main ones would be along the lines of uh, Candy Crush and things like that. Um, yeah. Although those would be more pay to skip uh, because or even games like Clash of Clans uh, where you can only do things 
when you have a certain amount of energy or the equivalent of, and once that uh, energy runs out, you either have to wait uh, X amount of time for that to replenish, or you can purchase energy to continue just straight off. Mm-hmm. And we're talking small amounts, and even though it doesn't seem like you're paying that much, if you do that over time, that's going to start adding up, and you're going to be in the hole very easily, at least... Uh, double digits if not into into the hundreds very quickly oh absolutely i've I've read so many stories online with i find it's mostly kids or like 10 year olds like around that age where they it's like their mothers or fathers find out that they spent like thousands of dollars on a mobile game and then they contact the company and try and get their money back and all that but really that that comes down to the parents just not keeping track of what their kid is doing on their on their phone that's my opinion of that but but yeah, it can get carried away, especially in games like Candy Crush, where it's like you start to get addicted to it, you want to keep progressing, and then you run out of lives, you're like, oh, I need to keep going. So it's like you said, the more more to pay to skip or pay to continue microtransactions, where it, in order to keep playing the game, you have to pay money. Like, it seems almost backwards to me. Yeah. Like, seems like a bit of a problem. Another game like that is, uh, I was playing this a while ago, PewDiePie's Tuber Sim game, which I actually was really enjoying at the time it starts off really fast you start getting items for your, for your, you you start out as basically the concept of the game is you start out as a you or the tuber they call it they don't want to use the youtube trademark i guess but you're starting out as one of those guys and then you start in a little room with like a cardboard box or something in that in a little crap computer and uh you move on beyond that and you start getting slowly start getting more items but it starts pretty quick. You start getting an item and you only need to wait like two minutes and then you get another item, you wait five minutes and then it's like seven minutes. But eventually it goes up to like an hour or two hours and then five hours to get like a simple item in the game. And of course you could pay money to fast forward this process. You could pay, it's called, I think the, the it's just called bucks, I think. You could pay uh, money to purchase these bucks so you could, and then you could use these current this virtual currency to fast forward the, the time. But like it's just the game is just a huge time sink, and these kind of games, I think, are I don't know I I feel like they're they there's they are an issue because they shouldn't be around when like you you want to keep playing their game and it's almost like they're forcing you away from their game to do something else when really they should have better means to keep it roped in in my in my opinion. Yeah. I would agree with that, hundred um, percent. The problem is a lot of those games, uh, and I'm not saying it's uh, Clash of Clans or whatever else but there's a lot of games out there that that don't have much content when you really look at it but it's the waiting game and what it is it's it's simply playing on people's uh, impatience uh at the end of it Uh, instead of waiting they want it now 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 uh the other hand that does come down to personal responsibility and uh, being able to control yourself control is me (laughs) me games like that i can play for a short time and then put down because i get just get bored with them. Um, I don't fancy paying uh, that, that much money to basically continue a game. If if they had something that was an outright fee, uh, either to buy the game outright and play it untethered, then uh, they'll definitely I could definitely get behind that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like I think in uh, Tactic Ops made another good point there too. He's saying like if you're paying money just to speed things up a little bit. It might not necessarily be a bad thing if you're just speeding things up and because you don't want to wait maybe extended period of time, but it doesn't really give you an advantage over everyone, anyone else in a competitive style game, then it might not be a terrible thing. 
But at the same time, like, I still think that if you're trying to play a game, then you literally have to sit there for half an hour to do something. I, that's not to me. That's not even playing a game. That's just literally just twiddling your thumbs so that you can come back to it. But maybe the idea behind it too is that when you leave for half an hour, you still have the game on your mind and you can't wait for that half hour to take away so you can come back to the game. Maybe that's the addictive part of it that gets built into our minds or something. I don't know. We also have another type of game that uh, I have on my phone just because, uh, and they're called idle games. The whole idea is it's something that just runs in the background of the phone and does stuff. You buy upgrades and things like that. You can prestige your uh, your progress so that you get a bonus for the next... You start from scratch, but you get uh, like a 2%, 4%, 6% bonus on your earning power from before. Right. So that's something that you can come back to. Now, those games do also have uh, usually in-game... Uh, currencies whether it's gems or gold bars or whatever it is they're using uh but you don't need to use them to actually advance in those games for the most part there are some however that uh after a while it for all intents and purposes creates uh, a paywall which uh, is counterproductive as far as i'm concerned because they're not offering a way to actually buy the game outright but they're basically saying okay well you can grind this but it's going to take you two three weeks to to continue Right. Or you can buy you can buy this for fifteen bucks, and you know what I mean. You can continue right away until the next paywall. That's not a good thing. No, it doesn't really sound like it, <laughs> especially when you're locked out for that long. What game did you say that was called? Uh, like idle games or clicker games, I suppose is. Uh, oh, that's the genre. Well. I didn't know if you had a specific name for. Oh no 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 no! They're just uh, different things like um, uh, adventure tycoon. Our oh, okay, adventure yeah. tycoon, I think, was the is the name of uh, the big one that I had on my phone for a long time. Just recently removed it just to make room for for new stuff. Yeah. But uh, again, it's just something you can come back to. Yeah, I was just going to say, like these kind of games, I, I I can't even fathom what it would have been like if these games were around in like the nineties. I mean, I guess the equivalent would have been arcades, where you had to pay like yeah. quarters to continue or something like that. So, I mean, that's like. But I mean that's a bit different because that's paying to keep the arcade running, so it's a little it's a little different. You're paying more to support that like them to sustain the the overall venue. But like I, like I said before, I miss having a game where if you buy the game, you have the whole game, you can complete the game, and then you're done. Like I miss those well, days, but now it seems like games are just being made to rake in as much money as possible. Well, going back to the uh, arcade uh, thing, you have to remember, though, that uh, you could put a quarter in, or in my case it was uh, 10 pence a piece, you could put the money in and play from start to finish if you were good enough and not have to put any more money in. So that was all based on skill. Usually to get that skill, though, you needed to have played it a bunch of times to actually know what's going on. But... So there was a different skill thing there, whereas uh, the, these uh, these types of microtransactions that we're talking about today, they're not skill-based. No. It's either wait or pay money. Yeah, I like that. It's like pay or get good. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> That's a whole separate category. I actually really like that. That's cool. What other kind of... Cur- yeah, so we've talked about cosmetic uh, microtransactions. We talked about pay to win specifically and pay to skip in a sense mm-hmm. and gambling um, 
and gambling yet. Another pay-to-skip example is uh, Warframe. And for those that don't know, Warframe is a free-to-play game. It's an awesome free-to-play game. I high, highly recommend it. Like you can you can play the game 100% without paying any money, and you'll still have to sink tons and tons of hours into it. So I highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun. And you're you're basically something called a, a Tenno, I believe. And you're just this. And you might be able to explain this better than me, Trailer. But you, what are you exactly? You're like some kind of not avatar, but you're some kind of mech or something. That's actually that's exactly what you are. You're an avatar. You're um. A sentient being without form who needs the Warframe to, well, move, I suppose. That's the way I've always looked at it. Yeah, like you use the Warframe as yourself, but each Warframe is like a different character, almost. Like a different hero with different powers and different abilities. Right? Am I right in saying that? Yep. Uh, Basically, they're... Yeah, so basically, it's... I think the whole idea behind it is you are the... uh, you're the mind behind it, controlling like these suits of armor right. with all these different abilities and uh, things that they can actually do. Yeah, which is pretty cool. So in the game, you're, you're trying to unlock tons and tons of different weapons. There's, there's swords you can get. There's tons of different types of guns. There's snipers. There's, there's machine guns, all sorts of different guns. But in order to get the guns, you need to find the materials on different maps and use these materials to actually craft the weapons. And, but when you actually start crafting the weapon, you have to wait like 12 hours or something before the weapon is completed. So it's like you're putting it into a forge and then the forge is taking time to actually make the weapon. Now, while it's making the weapon, you're not stuck waiting there. Like you have, you can go make other weapons or you can use the weapons you already have and level up the weapons you have and uh, progress them up to max level, get different modifications that you can add to the weapons to make them super powerful and stuff. So so when you are when you were actually building a new weapon or you're building a brand new warframe, you don't need to wait for it. Yet you, you sorry, you do have to wait for them to finish, but you don't need to sit there and wait for it to finish, if that makes any sense. Like you can go out and do all sorts of different stuff. So to me that's totally fine. If you want to pay money, real money, you you can to speed up the process. So rather than wait 12 hours, you can buy the in-game currency. I don't remember what the exact conversion is now but you can spend that money and bypass the grind of building these weapons and just build them instantly which if that's what you want to do then to me that's totally fine and it's a free-to-play game now if the game costs 60 dollars to begin with and then they're asking you to pay money on top of that then i probably would have an issue with it but it's a free-to-play game they need to make their money they can't give the whole game out for free so to me that's that's not an issue what do you think about that trailer yeah uh Basically, the thing with uh, purchasing things in those games, uh, a lot of those free-to-play games, is you're having to buy a pseudo-currency, a currency within the game itself, that doesn't have any specific value to the real world. So what's happening here is you're spending money on on this currency, and this currency is uh, being used to buy these things, but they're not actually putting what the actual value is of those items are uh, in, re- in real world money. So, I mean, why are they, you I mean, why hide it? Uh, one of the main instigators for this uh, that I can personally attest to is the Old Republic, uh, another MMO which uses cartel coins. Uh, so, they use these, uh, the value of the items themselves after you've purchased this currency isn't made uh, available to you immediately. 
And also on top of that, you also have the awkward pricing. So if, say, the lowest tier you can get, I'm not even too sure what it is now, but say it's 150 just for argument's sake, uh, cartel coins. And to buy the lowest item is 100. But to buy the next item up, it's uh, two. It's 200. So if you buy the 100 uh, coin uh, item, you're still left with uh, 50 coins. But you can't spend it on anything just specifically because you don't have enough. So you either need to pay more to get the next tier of things up or just let it just sit there and rot. Yeah. So it's almost enticing you to just spend a little bit more so that you can top that up. Yeah. So you're saying in the game when you when the, the it doesn't tell you how much it costs for the this this currency? What it was no in um in real world money. So okay, so if you're playing the old republic and, and you want to buy these coins, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so how, say how does it it's, work? okay, X amount of coins for X amount of real world money. Now you can have a rough estimate, but you're still not a hundred percent sure of just uh, what the intrinsic value of it is because you're paying for it with these pseudo, with a pseudo currency. Oh, okay, I got you. I thought you were saying that it you you buy it, it but it's not telling you how much real money you're spending on it. Oh no, like no, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> you, so a thousand dollars is gone from your bank account. Uh, <laughs> no, I was uh, I was referring to after the fact that you've actually made the purchase of, of the coin. Right. It's just you don't know how much one hundred with that coin. Yes. So you're not you're not sure how much one hundred and fifty of those coins are actually worth in the game world, essentially. Yes. Right. Okay. That I got you now. <laughs> Yeah, but for sure, and like you don't know if you're spending ten dollars on on that much, that many coins. Like, really, are you getting anything of wor- worthy value for that? Right. So, but I guess it'd be a good idea to look on the store and figure out what you can buy before you buy these coins. It's probably a smart thing to do. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's for me that's bad business. If you're, if it was up to me. There wouldn't be all these pseudo-currencies. It would be real-world money. Okay, so you're paying this to get this, and that's it. There's no extra step of having to use what you bought to buy something else. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, what? there's also... Uh, is there anything else you want to say about uh, Old Republic specifically? No, 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 no. no. And I was just using those as, as an example. I'm sure there's a lot more games out there that... Uh, in fact, there are a lot more games out there that do the same thing. Right. But there's also the uh, we, were, we were talking about this uh, off stream as well, the the pay to enhance system. So what we mean by that is you play either whether it's a free, more specifically in in free to play. There's games such as Path of Exile, and for those that don't know what Path of Exile is, that game is uh, it's similar to Diablo. It was it was essentially came from Diablo in that sense. But it's uh, it's a free to play version of it, and it's more instead of like Diablo three for those that are familiar, it's more similar to Diablo two. It goes back to the roots where it actually has a bunch of skill trees and, and, and trailer. You you know more much more about this game than I do. I've only played it a little bit. Yeah, but. the big thing about Path of Exile is for the most part, most of the things that you can buy on it are purely cosmetic. Um, so it's it's up to you whether or not to buy. It. The only purchase that I ever made with uh, Path of Exile was specifically extra uh, inventory space uh, it's more quality of life you don't need it but right. it's there just in case you know what I mean you want to carry more stuff around with you um, and that's 
for me, it was worth it. And plus, they had a sale on that weekend, so and that's why I took advantage of it because I did enjoy playing uh, Path of Exile. It's and it's totally free, um, and uh, up to and including on August fourth, they're releasing another six acts on top of the four acts that are out now. So. Is, I mean, you're definitely getting yeah. value there for, you know, I mean, if you don't spend a penny, you, you're getting an awesome gaming experience as far as uh, storyline and as long as you don't mind uh, graphics that are better looking than Diablo 2, but some people would argue not as good as uh, Diablo 3. I would argue the opposite just simply because it's not a cartoony looking game. Right. But yeah, if, for sure, if, it is a, if, if there's a free-to-play game and... The game itself is solid. You can play the game start to finish without paying a cent, and the game is a solid, just a solid package, right? And you can play through it. Then I have no problem paying a bit of money into the game to support the developer. So like you said, just buying a couple extra stash slots so you can hold a bit more gear or get an extra few bags or, or, or something like that in a game of similar value. Just get something that enhances your game. That's why we were saying pay to enhance is getting something that makes the game a little bit better for yourself, but is certainly not necessary. And I think that's great for a game that is free to play, in my opinion. Now, if you're doing the same thing, but in, if Path of Exile originally cost $60 and they had this, how would you feel about that? Uh, I would probably be a bit more uh, apprehensive with uh, spending the money for those uh, slots, uh, the inventory slots. Uh, and I would feel probably repelled uh, in purchasing any of the uh, cosmetic slots. As it is now, the cosmetic stuff, you know what I mean? It's something I can, you know what I mean? I can briskly live without. Uh, that's, that's me personally. If they had something really cool, I might uh, look into just seeing how much it was and uh, picking it up. But having to pay per- beforehand and then paying for things that should be in the game as it is, that's where I draw the line. Exactly. In a game like World of Warcraft, which we talk about a lot on the show because we both have a deep history in that game, but like in World of Warcraft, I really like it because you pay the $15 a month and you have to earn everything you get. Except like we were talking about before, the, the mounts you could pay $20 for and stuff like that. But that's purely cosmetic. There, as far as I know, there's nothing in, in World of Warcraft that you can pay real money for to enhance your game at all like everything you get you earn am i wrong am i right in saying that not quite um the what do you call them the wow coins or blizzard coins i can't remember the the wow tokens tokens uh, that you can use to get or to to buy for real money put up on the auction house and get uh, in-game gold that's back for it yep i stand corrected you were completely right about that (laughs) i know that because i did that once (laughs) yeah which isn't necessarily a terrible thing because you can buy the WoW token and almost make money off that in the game. And by making money, if you made a lot of extra money with that, like kind of the rich get richer philosophy, you can actually pay gold to never pay a subscription fee in the game, which is exactly. actually pretty cool. Because that's the other thing the token can be used for is uh, 30 days of game time. Yeah. So it goes both ways. You can spend gold to buy a WoW token and then pay, then play for free. Or you can pay real money to get one of these WoW tokens and sell it for in-game gold. So yeah, yeah. So for the for the most part in World of Warcraft, if you're trying to get better in the game, get better gear, you have to actually play the game. Now there are 
there is some loot you can buy on the auction house and then yes if you paid real money to get all that gold and you can buy a bunch of bind on equip gear and make yourself better which i didn't really think about until now and now i'm kind of angry but <laughs> but uh, no for the most part to, to be the best in the game no you can't pay real money to to clear high-end raids and all that kind of stuff no but yeah like you this for the most part a game like that is you actually have to grind through it and, and play it which which i like a lot but if wow world of warcraft was a free-to-play game then maybe it'd be a little different maybe you could pay a little bit of money to get some extra stash slots or bags or something like that yeah so we've discussed cosmetic and pay to win uh, the pseudo currencies like in the old republic and almost similar to wow tokens in a way um, free to free to play MMOs did we talk about that much I don't think is there anything we can say uh, I'm not sure like I mean we can talk about the uh, account buffs that you can get for Technically not subscribing, but you know what I mean? Right, You're paying right, yes. the same as a monthly subscription. Uh, a good example for that is one of my, a game I'm actually playing right now, and it's uh, Secret World Legends. It's Basically, it's, it's the Secret World, but it's a slightly different version of it. And what they did was they changed the, uh, the combat system and up- upgraded the graphics. I just touched up the graphics a bit. They have a thing that it's completely free to play. You don't have to spend a penny. But if you spend 15 bucks a month, which is pretty much the average these days for a monthly fee in most MMOs anyway, pet or not, uh, you get certain buffs, like, for example, uh, a 30% XP buff or uh, the fast travel system that's that's in uh, the Secret World Legends. It, it can cost you in-game currency. Or if you pay this, it's called a patron status. You you can actually use this fast travel for free. Another thing is there's daily login bonuses, so you get things if you log in every day. But if you pay the the monthly fee, the fifteen bucks, every day you get a cash key yeah. for to open up uh, like uh, in-game crates. You get one of those a day for free. The only other way to get those, I, I believe, um, I may be wrong. Someone. If I am, someone can can uh, correct me. But uh, the only other way to to buy it is, or to open those crates is to get the keys uh, from the store, which you can only get by by paying real money for. Okay, so you could either pay the subscription and get these free keys, or if you didn't want to pay the subscription, you could maybe just buy a handful of keys separately as an upfront cost, and then you mm-hmm. could use those keys if you wanted to. So that that's uh, that's similar to the pay to enhance system. Isn't it? Yeah, very much so. Sense, you don't. It's certainly not necessary. But if you want, if you're really, really enjoying the game and you want to support the developer, why not spend fifteen bucks a month, which an M- average MMO costs anyway, and support mm-hmm. the developer and get a few extra perks? Exactly, and um, that's you know, I mean, because they've now gone. Now I did, I did purchase uh, the the original Secret World. I uh, I got it on the a Steam sale or whatever. It was now because it's. They've made all the DLC free as well. It's a completely free-to-play model. Uh, so all the D- DLC that they've released and all future DLC is going to be free. So for that, yeah, I can justify uh, spending the, the monthly fee on it. Yeah. Anytime they're, the companies are pro-consumer, I mean, that's rare these days, but it's great. And it's certainly something that needs to be a more common trend, I think. So do we... 
I don't know if we have a verdict today or not, but what do you think? Like, would it be best if microtransactions were eradicated from gaming entirely and we just get full packaged games every time? Or do you think the free-to-pay model fits and it's fine to have a few microtransactions? Or what's, what, do you have an opinion I mean, or a, an overall opinion, I should say? Well, well, you know me, I'm definitely pro-capitalist. So <laughs> so for the most part, I would agree with it. Um, for me, if a game was pay to win, and it was to the degree that uh, you were getting items that were head and shoulders above anything that you could gain in the game legitimately uh, by playing it, then I just simply wouldn't play it. And it would it definitely wouldn't stay on my radar. Would you say a game like Hearthstone is, is in that category? Uh, somewhat, yes, just because uh, it's the grind that you need to go through to get those, uh, to get the things that you need for those cards. It can be a hard slog, it can be a long, not a hard slog, but it can be a long slog. I mean, it comes down to how much people value their time. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I'm not going to play a game where if I have to spend, you know what I mean, 100 hours just to get up to the next level then that's not worth my time personally. I'm not no. saying that's the same for everybody. Uh, it definitely has its place. Uh, yeah, and everyone measures their, everyone values their time differently. Some people love grinding over and over and over, playing the same game, and that's what they want to do. Whereas other people like yourself and myself like to play a variety of different games. So spending that much time on one game just isn't realistic. But on the other hand, you have uh, things like cosmetics uh, and things like that. And honestly, I don't have too much of a problem with that. If the issue is there, then basically, you know what I mean? Like, if, it's, if, if the item's there and somebody wants it and they want to look good, go for it. Knock yourself out. I don't have to do it. And, you know what I mean? Nobody's making them do it. So it definitely microtransactions as a whole, I think, has a has a place. It's just, uh, and I think that if it's if it's too uh, overbearing for the for whatever game specific game it's being implemented in, then over time the fans are just gonna, you know, what I mean, it's, it's gonna become stagnant and it's gonna become a moot point when the game shuts down. Yeah, I can see that too. More people just get start getting really upset that they had to keep paying all this money just to stay relevant in the game. And, and like yeah. you said, too, it comes to new players. If new players come into a game and they find that they start playing and they're having fun, but then they realize that everyone else is light years ahead of them because they've spent thousands of dollars on the game, like that's not at all enticing for a new player unless they're wealthy to begin with, which that, that could be the case. But even then, it, doesn't, it's not, it certainly is not friendly to, to new players. So, uh, but yeah, um, I think just, yeah, my general view on it is uh, it definitely has its place. It's how it's implemented that uh, can cause issues, especially for the gaming industry as a whole. Yeah. And I would I would agree with that. I like the way you put that. They, they do have their place. There are places that I think they do work and the way where they work, I would say a game like Overwatch or a game, uh, or even MOBAs. Yeah, we didn't really talk much about MOBAs today, but uh, like League of Legends or Heroes of the Storm or Dota 2, like those kind of games just have purely cosmetic bonuses where you can just have a cool skin or a cool weapon or something like that, but it doesn't change how you play. It's just how you look. So I think if someone wants to pay, and, and those games are free, to, besides Overwatch, those, those MOBAs are free to play. So if you want to spend a couple dollars to support the developer 
and just make yourself look cool. Why, why stop anyone from doing that? Like to me, that's hundred percent, totally fine. I think that's a great thing to do. Uh, for me personally, uh, in games with loot crates, such as Overwatch, to me, it almost takes a bit of fun out of the game because I like, like I'm level 80 now or something like that. So every level you open, open a loot box. So I've had, I don't know, 80 loot boxes, I guess now. But if I had bought 80 loot boxes up front, that would have taken a lot of the fun away from me. And maybe I only would have played till level 20. Now, the gameplay is awesome. Like, I love the gameplay. I know you disagree with me on that. I know you're not a huge fan of it, trailer. But for me, I really like, I like the game of Overwatch. And the game itself has longevity outside of the loot crates. But I think having the loot crates adds a little bit of an extra boost to wanting to continue and almost like the, the addictive part of it to me so I, I to me i wouldn't i have yet to buy a loot box and the game was 40 bucks to begin with so i mean i already spent the money on that i don't need to spend any more beyond that in my opinion so i wouldn't want to take away the fun so i wouldn't buy any skins in that sense but overall yes i i think i think they do definitely have their place i'd hate i do not like pay to win games and like i've tried getting into hearthstone several times but i just can't because i start playing people and they throw legendary after legendary at me and i can't compete it's impossible to compete because i have little one one crap chickens that don't do anything like (laughs) it's pretty crazy but yeah i think they do have their place like you said but overall they, they need to be implemented properly uh I think that's enough about that uh, specifically. Yep. So, what can we spend our money on this this uh, this week? <laughs> For those that are avoiding spending money on microtransactions, what full wonderful games can we buy? <laughs> well, these are games that I can personally attest to that I've actually played and enjoyed. Um, aren't too expensive. Free Space Two over in GOG.com is now uh, five thirty nine. Free Space Two. It's basically a space sim. Where uh, it's space combat, I believe there's, there's, if I remember right, that one has trading in it as well. Uh, it's, I suppose you could call it Elite Light, if you must, uh, but it is highly enjoyable and it does work with a HOTUS that's a thruster and a joystick. So if you got one of those for 539, you're good to go. Another game, this one's on Humble Bundle. Uh, they've got a deal on Super Hot for 14.99. Uh, Super Hot is a strange game. It's a first-person shooter, but the way it works is time moves when you move. So you have bullets being shot at you, and but whenever you stop, the bullets almost completely stop. They still very slowly make their way towards you. But as soon as you move, they go full speed again. So essentially, you are going through It's somewhat of a simulation, and there is a bit of a storyline to go along with it. Uh... There's really not much more I can say about it apart from that. That, that sounds but it, very interesting. <laughs> oh, it's it's a really good game. I really enjoyed it. Um, I think I got it maybe last summer or, or over Christmas. I can't remember which sale it was. But, uh, yeah, I played a lot of it whenever I first got it because it surprised me. Cool. Uh, another one. This is this one is over at GameBillet.com. Uh, I've used them a, a couple of times before, so they are legit. They actually have the Fallout Classic Collection for $4.39. The Classic Collection includes Fallout 1, Fallout 2, and Brotherhood of Steel. Now, Fallout 1 and 2, those are dead-on classics. Uh, as long as you can get over the 
some some would call primitive graphics. Uh, the storyline is excellent and is good for anybody who's never played them, but maybe has played Fallout 3 or Fallout 4 or New Vegas. Sort of similar vein in the storytelling. Uh, Brotherhood is still uh, very mixed bags. Uh, some people like it, like me. I have no problem with it. Other people just despise it uh, because it's a completely different game from Fallout 1 and 2. It's actually more turn-based strategy than anything else. There is a bit of a story to it, but it is more on the strategy side of things. And finally, another one that that I have here is from dlgamer.com. And for $12.89, you can pick up Doom. Uh, That is the uh, Doom that was released there, was it last year? Or the year before, um, it's not the original, original, original Doom from way back in the nineties. But re- for that price, reboot, yeah. it's the reboot, and essentially, it's, it's definitely. I would definitely recommend it. Uh, graphic wise, gameplay wise, uh, it's fast, it's furious, it's uh, guns all over the place, demons, and you know what I mean. It's mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just it's a, it's it's a good game for what it is, and for that price, that's actually pretty good. Uh, you can actually get a and the multiplayer is also quite fun. Even I enjoy the multiplayer. Mm-hmm. In it, and I'm not a big fan of first-person multi um, the multiplayer aspect. So, yeah, I was really actually looking because I think Steam just had a sale on on Doom as well, right? I think so. so. Was, uh, last weekend, yeah, because I was thinking I was actually really considering picking it up. You say it's it's twelve dollars on on this site, twelve eighty nine on dlgamer.com. And is this Canadian prices or American prices? The only one I can say that is Canadian for sure is the one over in gog.com. Um, I'm not entirely sure. So, if if for Doom, if it's not Canadian price, then it's going to be I don't know, maybe fourteen bucks. Yeah, it'll be around. So that. it'll be around twelve dollars. I'm somewhere yeah. around there too. But yeah, no, Doom is a game I actually was really uh, I was strongly considering buying this past weekend, but I uh, didn't. But it's something I do want to play in the future for sure. Just mindless killing is always a good time. Okay. <laughs> I think that just about. Does it? Anything else you want to yep. want to add to that? No, uh, pretty much. I think we've covered everything we wanted to talk about tonight. Yeah, I think we did. So, uh, for those that are in Twitch chat, thank you very much for those that contributed to the discussion. Much appreciated there. Again, if you want to listen to us live or watch us live, I should say, uh, go to uh, www.twitch.tv/slash. I never cast for this, and you can catch us here every Monday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And we usually try to start... Actually, we were dead on today. I think we were started at 8.31 p.m. Eastern Time, something like that. Yeah. So we were, we were pretty good. Uh, yeah. We are also on major podcast platforms. Currently, we are on uh, iTunes. We are on Google Play. We are on Stitcher. And we are also on CastBox. We're looking to get uh, to branch out to a few more platforms, but the major ones are there. So you can find us there as well um beyond that uh yeah this this uh we usually upload the audio podcast either by tuesday or if i don't have time for tuesday then certainly by wednesdays but yes like i said the live portion will always be on monday evenings uh beyond that you can check us on the social media we have uh facebook we have twitter we have uh this vod will be uploaded to youtube if you want to check us out there um are we located all over the place we're, we're on the we're on the internets around the world so just yeah. search i never cast for this and hopefully you'll, you'll find us here somewhere 
As for myself, I'm Kelfer. Thank you so much for listening today. And Trailer, thank you so much for being on the show once again. Welcome. All right. And we will see you all next week. Have a fantastic week, everybody.